Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Why don't you meet me today in verse 31? Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, and that we can take them and walk in the wisdom of your word on a daily basis. And we thank you, Father God, for the great things that you're doing in our lives through this illumination. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. We agree and say, Amen. Now, verse 31, And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children, sitting in the marketplace, and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. Woo! Praise the Lord. My friends, this is fascinating because there is always a justification or a showing to be right of the wisdom of God. And the fact is that many of the Pharisees and the religious leaders did not accept John the Baptist, and they did not accept Christ either. But at the same time, they were rejecting him. There were multitudes of others who followed. And we know that even some of the worst of society, such as the tax collectors, they were repenting left and right, getting their hearts right with God. They were, they were totally open in their hearts to the ministry of John the Baptist. They received that man and his message and his ministry, and he was the forerunner of the Messiah. And then when Jesus the Messiah comes on the scene, they were just flocking to him. And so Jesus is basically saying that wisdom is justified by all her children. And so all of the children are those who received John and who received Jesus. And, you know, there's proofs, not only the people who have given their hearts to God, and now they've repented and turned from sin, and now they're following Jesus and they're living for Him. But you also have even further proofs, such as the blind who could not see, but now they can, the lame who couldn't walk, and now they're walking, and just miracle after miracle, the lepers being cleansed. And so there's plenty of proofs all over the place. Here's what I want to say. Wisdom can be metaphorically viewed as children, and children are proofs, praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I believe I'm a wise person, but I don't really have anything to show for it. Well, then there must be be an overvaluation then of that wisdom, because when there is true wisdom that comes on the scene, it produces children. Now, those children can be symbolic, but that symbolism is going to bring forth real, tangible proofs. Woo! Praise the Lord, whether it is literal sons and daughters running around that are raised right, 
and that, you know, you can tell they've had the uh, uh, good parenting sowed into their lives, and there's wisdom in that. So you see the proof of that with the children. But also, my friends, in life itself, as you walk in the wisdom of God's Word. Now remember, this is wisdom, and we know that Jesus is the wisdom of God. So the Word is what we have available to us to access God's wisdom, and also the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, the more you work this Word and put your faith and trust in it, and the leading of the Holy Spirit, there will be some of the most unusual proofs in your life that it's not just talk, but there's actual manifestations. Praise God. Today we're discussing the children of wisdom. I would like for you to see this now in the Psalms, Psalm 128, and let's begin in verse 1. Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. It is very important that we do our best, make our best effort to know the commandments of God, obey them, and to enjoy them. Praise the Lord. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, and children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Now, I would like to talk for a moment about children all around your table. Praise God. And it's wonderful to have children, and it's great to have uh, grandchildren, and when they you know, kind of climb all over you and play with you and stuff like that. You get the warm fuzzies, so to speak. Praise God. But the Lord also wants you to have some other warm fuzzies, Woo! some other things that make you very, very comfortable, that make you just uh, be appreciative of the blessing and the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And here, as we see in verse 3, your children like olive plants all around your table. You have to understand while there can be literal children, and that's certainly a joy and a blessing, there can be these representations of wisdom that are like children that can be all around your table, maybe even literally on your table. Sometimes I like to do that. I like to take some of my, uh, maybe I can call them children, out and put them all over my table, praise the Lord. And I'm going to have a picture popped up right now of perhaps what I could call some children of mine. And these are books that I have written, uh, and these are not all of the books. We still have some others that are in other various languages, such as Russian, uh, Mandarin, Chinese. And But you know what? Those are books I wrote through the wisdom of the Lord, that you could call them proofs, praise the Lord. Now, I talked to a prophetess one time years back, and she showed me a cover design for her book. And it was a nice cover, uh, and whoever designed the cover put some good work into it, and the cover was really, really good. And she was all excited about the cover 
of her book. I said, but where's the manuscript? Oh, oh, well, I haven't finished writing it yet. And so I think she got the cart in front of the horse a little bit. Now, let me say this. It's been probably, probably close to 12 years now. Ooh, actually 13. It's been 13 years since she held up that cover and showed it to me. And you know what? She still has not finished the manuscript. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, maybe the book is going to have thousands of pages. No, no, it's not. (laughs) Well, then what's wrong? Here's what's wrong. Too much talking and not enough writing. See, there is a place where you talk about your children, but, but if you talk about your children, eventually somebody's going to want to see them. Well, where, where are they? We would like to meet your children. Well, you know, they're not really, they're not really real yet. Well, then there needs to be less talking and more production. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus all around him had proofs of his wisdom. He had children that justified the wisdom that he was operating in. And when you operate in the wisdom of God, when you operate in the wisdom of the word, it is impossible for there not to be children or proofs or evidence in your life. Woo. Praise God. Get ready because the wisdom of God is going to produce in you some of the most unusual proofs that people have seen. Perhaps they've never even seen it before, but you are going to be the one called by God to demonstrate it in a particular area. Praise the Lord. And I think we need some creativity. I think it is nice at times to maybe see what others are doing and think, well, I could build on that and that's good. But I, I really believe there is an area for the believer, the spirit-filled believer, to tap into the creativity of God and bring forth things that those that do not know the Lord, uh, they just couldn't, they couldn't create something like that. Now they could copy or they could, you know, give their own version of it. But I believe we are going to create some things and do some things that literally have not been seen before. What are these things? They are the children of wisdom. They are the fruits of walking in the word, walking close with God and these types of children growing up around you. Maybe, maybe you want to put them out on the table sometimes, some things that you've already created that will encourage you. I have things that are on my table, that are within reach of my table, that every time I look at them, they, they make me think of how the Lord has taken me from one place to another place. I remember there was a time in my ministry when I had no product. I had no books, not even one, not even a mini book. I had no audio CDs, no DVDs or anything like that. And I thought, wow, how does, how, do, how am I going to create this? Where do I start? But you know what? By the goodness of the Lord, step by step, those things began to build and develop. And now through the Lord's uh, blessing. We're able to send products around the world, and we have an online store, and we're regularly adding new content. And you know what? I just finished my next book. It's off. It's uh, at the pro, at the pro publication company right now, and uh, we're talking it over. And I 
I'm very excited about it. I believe it's the best book that I have written yet. I will say this, that it was, it was the most technical book I've ever written. Some things you can just write out real fast, but other things you have to write them slow because uh, it has to be correct. Because if it's not correct, there are those out there that, that know all of those little nuances of um, the minute details of Judaism, they would be certain to point out if there was an error. So it was a, a labor of love, a lot of work, but it's complete. Another full book, and that will be rolling out uh, by God's grace in the fall of this year. It takes about nine months for a book to go through the whole process of uh, just, uh, you know, the fine-tuning, the uh, pagination, the the reviewing of the manuscript and uh, polishing and things like that, and then uh, all of the other mechanics that go into that. But my friends, I believe that you're going to start to produce children in ways you never have before. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Your productivity is going to a new level, and you're going to have all around you, maybe even around your desk, literally. Now, there can be some proofs that are evidence that are so big, you couldn't put them on your desk. They're too big. <laughs> they won't fit. But maybe you could put the blueprints there. Maybe you could put a scale model of it there. So the Holy Spirit will give you insight into how to keep these things around you that inspire you and ways in which God has spoken to you before. And every time you look at that, you think, ah, that's one of my children. Praise God. That is a manifestation of the wisdom of God that worked in my life that brought that forth. And you're going from glory to glory. Mm-mm. And I really do believe that some of the steps forward will not be like a small incremental step, but can even take sometimes these exponential leaps because of God's grace touching it and your, your wisdom anointing from the Holy Spirit just kicking in where things just click the way they're, they're supposed to, and it comes together in a very, very beautiful way. Praise the Lord. Let's talk more about it by going to what has been one of our theme scriptures for the year, Isaiah chapter 54, and let's go down to verse 1. Sing, O barren. Now, in the Old Testament culture, and even in the you know first century and so forth, one of the worst things for a woman to endure for a, a married woman would be the inability to conceive seed and thus be barren, because there was a great expectation upon the husband and upon uh, you know the members of the family, you know the relatives for the legacy to continue on. But if the woman is barren, you know what? It was a very difficult thing for a woman to deal with. But it says here, seeing, O barren, those that have had an inability to produce. Praise the Lord. Let me just tell you that your days of lack of production are over because God's wisdom is flowing in you in a new way. And it is not only going to produce, it's going to be very special what comes forth. Single barren, you who have not born, break forth in the singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. I am here today 
sitting in front of this camera behind this microphone to tell you that your days of barrenness or any type of desolation are over with, that the wisdom of God prevails over these stagnant type of atmospheres, and your atmosphere is changing from that of barrenness to that of the most remarkable productivity. I believe it's going to astound some of those people that are around you, perhaps those that formerly knew you or or were acquainted with you, perhaps family members or something like that. And they may not acknowledge the change. Maybe there's some jealousy. Maybe there's some like trying to always box you in into the old mode, but the proofs will be inescapable. It's just like Jesus. The Pharisees didn't receive him, but hey, what are you going to do with that guy over there standing there that used to be blind? Now he can see. What do you say about that? Well, you may want to ignore it, but he's not going away. Mm-mm. What about Lazarus who was dead for days? Look at him. There he is over there sitting at the table eating, and everybody knows it, and it won't go away. The proofs are too powerful. Mm. What are they evidence of? The wisdom of God. Christ the wisdom of God, the word, the wisdom of God. And just as it produced for Jesus, it is going to produce in your life. It's harvest time. And your time has come to produce the beautiful things of creativity that God has put on the inside of you. And here's the catch. Not only is there going to be productivity and children going around, but more are the children of the desolate. You're going to make up for any lost time. Praise the Lord. You're going to make up for any setbacks, and what is about to pop out of you, it's going to cause some people to stop and look for a moment and think, what am I looking at? I'm not even sure I've ever seen something presented in this format before. But you know what? It's the wisdom of God. It's the new thing. Praise God. And it's going to be more. It's going to be more than what others can produce in their own ability, because you're operating in something different. It is the wisdom of God. And God's wisdom is above all. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Praise the Lord. You're about to have some new children in your life. Woo! Praise the Lord. You're about to have some new proofs of God's blessing and, and, and the truth that behind the scenes, you're operating in the wisdom of God, praying, studying the scriptures, walking with the Lord, and it's, it's producing, and it's, it's about to pop out. You're going to have some new children this year. Praise the Lord. John chapter 1, verse 35. Woo, praise the Lord. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. Now I know 
what some of you were thinking that Jesus was going to say. This is, you've been so indoctrinated with religious tradition, some of you bless your hearts, even with a, a, a spirit of lack and insufficiency, that you expected Jesus to turn around, and when they said, uh, Jesus, where are you staying? You thought he was going to turn around and say, now, man, I want you to know something. Foxes, they have holes in which they can go sleep in, and birds, they have nests in which they can lay down and sleep, but I don't have anywhere to sleep. And if you want to find out really where I'm living at, come with me because I'm sleeping underneath that bridge over there. Hmm. He didn't say that, did he? He said, come and see, and you're going to be able to say the same thing. Now, let me ask you a question. If they did come up to Jesus, by the way, one of these men is Andrew, and he's going to go tell his brother, Peter. What if these two men would have gone up to Jesus and said, um, uh, Jesus, uh, where are you staying? What if he would have said, well, you know, right now, guys, um, uh, you know, I have to be honest, you know, I'm still staying with uh, Joseph and Mary, and uh, they have a little extra room down in their basement, and, you know, I'm, I'm still down in my basement staring with my, with my mommy and daddy. Would that have been an expression of wisdom? Would that have been an evidence of the great wisdom of God being manifested through a great ministry that he's living with his parents down in the basement? No, I think Andrew and his, the other guy probably would have thought, mm, John, you sure you got the right guy? Mm. What if Jesus would have said, well, come with me. I'm going to show you where I'm living at. Uh, I'm living o- over here underneath this tree, and I'm taking handouts every day. Uh, sometimes I get, have a good day. I get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Other days, you know, it can be a little bit rough where I don't get too much. Uh, but you know what? I've just decided to set up my, my, uh, my home here underneath this tree. But yeah, I tell you what, when it rains, I sure do get wet. Would that have been a manifestation or a proof of the wisdom of God? No, no. You would have thought, whoo, he's living underneath a tree. I don't know if I want to follow this guy. Mm-hmm, Cause we're going to probably end up in the same boat living at homeless too. No, he didn't say that. He said, come and see. By the way, do you think he had an old shanty? Do you think he had an old hobo shack with a door, front door about to fall off? And, uh, you know, house out of, you know, out of, out of square, tilted sideways, roof not put on right. You, you think that's the kind of place he lived in? Don't forget, he was a carpenter, master carpenter. If you look at the Greek word, actually, what also skilled in architectural design. This, this was not some kind of guy just, you know, like who, you know, graduated from high school shop class and hasn't really had any real life application or he hasn't built anything. He built all kinds of stuff. He could, he could build anything you wanted him to. Mm-hmm. He was a master craftsman. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, he had a nice place. He said, come and see. Praise the Lord. What does that mean? It means he's got some proof. Proof of what? That he's wise. Mm-hmm. He said to them, come and see. They came and saw. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. What if they came and found out he was living out of his car? 
It was an old broken down car. <laughs> you thought, uh, you know what, uh, Jesus, I hope you pull out of this. Uh, when you do, let us know. Uh, I, w- we don't think we want to get behind you at this stage, and I wouldn't blame him one bit. <laughs> but no, he had a nice house. They came and stayed, hung up for a while. Sure, he was able to offer them something to drink, something to eat. Praise the Lord. See, what I'm trying to say, my friends, is that the wisdom of God has children. It has proofs running around all over the place. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, come and see. And there are many of you that are watching right now that if somebody came up to you and said, where do you live? Uh, Some of you would you would not want to answer that question. Perhaps you wouldn't want them to come over to your house. Maybe you actually wouldn't want for them to even see where you live. But the Lord is going to do such a work in your life through His wisdom manifesting through you that you're going to have your own home that you own. Praise the Lord. I mean, Jesus had His own home. Praise God. And I believe that through the wisdom of God, as you walk in this wisdom, watch where it's going to take you. Watch one of the children that will be raised through this wisdom. What is it? Home ownership. Praise God. Well, Pastor Steve, I don't have enough money to get a down payment. I don't know how I ever get kind of that kind of money. I don't. All I'm saying is that I'm aware of certain criteria normally that you would have to meet to qualify for home ownership. But I'm just saying, as you walk in the wisdom of God, uh, it's amazing that although maybe this looks like this is a dead end, you can't go any further. Oh, you, you can't ever trap God in. God's got so many ways of how He can bless you. God's got so many ways of how He can get you into owning your own home that are legal, that are ethical, that are compliant with uh, whatever would need to be done. God can help you get into your own house. You just need to trust Him and believe Him. And as you operate in the wisdom of God, it takes you into owning your own home. Praise the Lord. Now, you may not be there right now, but I'm just telling you, uh, you can expect children running all around your table. As we see in Psalm 128, children all around your table. I'm telling you right now that one of those children is going to be home ownership. Praise God. Mm -mm. You're closer than you think. If you're not there yet, you're closer than you think. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let me say this also. There are a few of you that you're actually getting close to where it's a special moment in your life where you're going to soon be stepping into a phase of manifesting wisdom that would be for you your your crowning gem. What is a crowning gem of wisdom? It's the highest expression of God's wisdom operating in your life. And I'm, I'm talking about a proof something that somebody can see and touch, not something ethereal or something that's mystical, like in a, like some kind of a cloud or something like that. No, I'm talking about something real, because when you deal particularly with unbelievers, they need proof. I, now, now I know faith is 
doesn't go by sight, but I'm talking about the unbelievers. You have to be able to work with them in a way where you just can't put everything up in, a, up in the sky. There has to be evidences of wisdom in your life, and they, they can see it, and that's what's going to happen. Now, we do live by faith. The just live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. There is a place where you enter into the faith walk. Praise the Lord. But even in that sense, that faith walk is not some kind of a blind, like, well, we're just going to go for it. We don't know. No, that's based upon a solid platform of God's Word. And it overrides faith. Excuse me, it overrides feelings. Uh, you know, it overrides the five physical senses. But it's not something that's not uh, solid. Yeah, it's more solid than sight. It is the Word of God. So again, we have a very stable platform. But there are some of you that you're going to soon be stepping into the, the build-out of what will be a crowning gem, uh, G-E-M, something that you'll step back and you'll say, Lord, I've waited for decades for this to be brought forth, and now it's time. You've had different expressions throughout church history. You had Dr. Oral Roberts, and he's been in heaven for years now. But guess what? That university that he raised up is still going strong, still graduating students, still illuminating students, and uh, seeing young men and women that are filled with the Spirit, saved, filled with the Spirit, uh, go throughout the earth, not only as business people uh, and people with career field training, but also able to carry uh, the message of the gospel with them when they go. So that was one of uh, the main things, if not the main thing that he raised up was Oral Roberts University. That was a crowning gem for him. Another example, you had the Catholic priest Padre Pio, and he's been in heaven since the 1970s. Uh, but, uh, excuse me, I, I think late 60s, 1968, he passed away. But Although he's been off the planet for decades, yet the hospital that he raised up there in Italy is still treating patients every single day. It has gone on to become one of the leading hospitals in Europe. And this was raised up by a priest. And it it is just amazing how God worked through him to do that. That was the crowning gem of his life. Uh, and it's there on the side of a mountain today, built out in what was previously a remote area. Now, an entire city has built up around it, and the hospital is still relieving the suffering of people today. Praise God. So, you know, or, or Roberts built up ORU out in the middle of a, a dust field, and now you have that sprawling campus. And so whatever the condition is, there is a crowning moment where you have the gem of God's wisdom flowing through you. Now, for Solomon, he built the temple that left many people speechless, and his royal palace and the throne that he built, there had never been anything ever seen like it in the entire earth before what he brought forth. How did he do that? through the wisdom of God. And uh, we know about the Queen of Sheba. She literally fainted. She passed out when she saw the glory, 
the splendor of the kingdom. What is she actually seeing? She is seeing real evidence of real wisdom. What kind of wisdom? The wisdom of God. And when you put yourself into it and make serious application about it in your life, your life starts to represent Christ. And that we know that Jesus Himself said, wisdom is justified by her children. And you could look at all the people that followed His ministry and received Him as the Messiah, and all of the miracles, the healings, there's proofs. I'm telling you, I see children, proofs all around your table. And there will be some things that you could put on your table that just make you smile, and you think that is a proof of God's wisdom operating in my life. Praise the Lord. And there'll be some other things that are, they're too big. <laughs> so figure out some way to still keep it close by you. Maybe a picture. Hallelujah. I, I saw a picture today over in the sanctuary, and I thought, and it's in one of the offices, and I thought, uh, it's actually one of the prayer room offices, and I thought, that picture is not seen enough, because very uh, few people go in there, because it's right next to my office, and I thought, I'm taking that, and I'm going to put that in my office at home, because I'm, I'm there every day looking at that, and I want to be able to see it, because every time I look at that picture, that picture triggered something in, in me, to step into something by faith, and I did it, and it worked. What's going on? I'm a, I was working the Word, which is what? The wisdom of God, and it produced something absolutely beautiful that I had never had manifest in my life or ministry before. So I, every time I look at that picture, what is that? It is a proof. It is another proof of something that God took me forward in. So you want to surround yourself with that. Have your children around your table. Woo, praise the Lord, because they're coming. More will be the children of the desolate. Praise the Lord. Don't look back. Don't feel maybe you were shortchanged in life. We all are placed into various atmospheres, various life experiences that we did not, in a sense, select. But God knew. God knew that those training conditions would be exactly what we needed to produce in us through Christ the the resolve, the strength, the character, the tenacity to be shaped and developed for the unique assignments that we all have from the Lord. I'm getting that again, that there are some of you watching you're getting ready for your crowning gym moment. You've been prepared all of your life for it, and you're about to step into it. It's about the launch. And when it's completed, and it may not be developed overnight, could take a year, maybe three years from, from start to completion of it. It took, it took Solomon uh, seven, I think it was seven years to build the temple, and even longer to build his own palace, something like 13 years or something like that. But you're going to have this, this time frame where the wisdom of God is going to be poured through you, and the end result, when it's completed, that'll be your crowning gem. Praise God. And then after that, you steward it, and you, um, you let it be the blessing that God designated it to be for many, many people. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I see the wisdom of God producing children 
that are not invisible, children, proofs that are real, that follow you, that give evidence that your way of living is the wise way of living. And let me just say this, particularly to those that may not know the Lord and you're watching this message, when it's all said and done, you can be assured that those who live by this and who put their faith and trust in Christ will be just fine. And those who were foolish and did not acknowledge this as the wisdom of God will regret it for all eternity. If you're watching right now, you've never given your heart to Christ and you would like to make the wisest decision that you have ever yet made in your life, which would be to receive Christ and you're ready to do that, your heart's bursting with a desire to get your heart right with God, then right now, don't wait another moment, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died for sinners like me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Take my life. I surrender to you now. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. I take you now as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And eternity will prove that was the wisest decision you have ever made. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. For those of you that have given your hearts to Christ, your next step will be water baptism. Praise the Lord. And you need to walk that out so that you could be immersed in water and give that public declaration of your faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Those of you that are watching and the warm oil of the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God is touching your mind, and you know the area that will be your legacy. You know the area that will be the wisdom gem. I just want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Let the wisdom flow unhindered, and let it increase and bring forth the children now. Let the children be birthed now. Now we thank you for evidences, Father. Thank you, Father. There can still be the persecution. They persecuted your son, but they they couldn't deny all the children. They couldn't deny all the proof. So, Father, we thank you that your children are children of wisdom. There must be proofs. Father, let the proofs be all around their table. Let the children be all around their table. We thank you for no more delay but for blessing overtaking them, for productivity, no more barrenness. We give you all of the praise that more shall be the children of those who were barren. We thank you for lots of children. In Jesus' great name we pray, and we all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. And yes, the wisdom of God will produce abundance, prosperity, and you'll be able to give in the most amazing ways. You're going to be so blessed to be a blessing. Yes, you'll have plenty for yourself, 
but you're going to find so much joy in giving. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Now, let's receive Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise the Lord. I use these little wafers. You can order them online from Christian bookstores. And just grab some grape juice and you're good to go. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We pray over it. We consecrate it as holy. Father, we know that wisdom requires effort, application, study of your word to follow the precepts of your word. And Father Jesus was very serious about his commandments. He said, Go into all the world and teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. So, Father, let us let us give attention to detail. And we thank you that as we do, we are appropriating your wisdom in our lives and it's producing. We thank you, Father God, for the beautiful things that will bring you glory manifested in our life. Father, as we now receive the body of Christ, we thank you for strength. We thank you for clarity. We thank you for joy. We thank you for proofs in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. When I was in South India, in Chennai, old city name was Madras, and I've been there multiple times, but one time I went to the burial place of Apostle Thomas. Yes, the one that was known by some as Doubting Thomas. Remember, that's that was only temporary. He, he was not perpetually doubting. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a Christian bookstore one time. It was called the, um, the Doubting Thomas Bookstore. I, I wouldn't name it that because one day you're going to meet Thomas and you'll find out he wasn't the perpetual doubter. And so I wouldn't want to label him as somebody that was like that. Yes, he had his weak moments, but he, he got a hold of faith in God and uh, the doubt was blown away. And when you go to his burial place there in South India, because he went all the way there and ministered. Well, Pastor Stephen, how did he get there? Well, he swam. Praise the Lord. No, I'm just joking. We know he didn't swim. It would be too far. He actually took the airplane. Yes, I'm playing again. Okay, so he, he obviously took a boat or something. But he went there. And you can go there today. You'll see the cave where he lived at, and you'll see plaques commemorating all of the miracles of his apostolic ministry. Because remember, the Lord commissioned them for signs and wonders and miracles and laid hands on all 12 of them. And, and then he commissioned, you know, the seven, the other also. But there are plaques that give proof of all of the blind people who had their eyesight opened through the ministry of Apostle Thomas, and many, many other miracles. I mean, it's just whew, very, very extensive. So what is that? Proofs, children, that this man had the power of God operating in his life. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've got the power of God operating. Well, we're going to be looking for some children, and they'll just, if, if it's there, they'll start popping up. Amen. Praise God. I see proofs all around you, children all around your table, crawling all over you, praise God, just like kids and grandkids like to do. Amen. Glory, glory, glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we ask as we receive it that if we have committed any sin, that your blood would wash all sin away right now. We thank you our sins and iniquities. You remember no more. We give you great praise for that. We also ask, Father, that you would lead us away from temptation, deliver us from evil. And Father, we choose also to walk in forgiveness. We forgive anybody that sinned, sinned against us. We forgive them, and we keep moving forward on the path that you have for us. So, Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for right standing with you. We thank you for wisdom flowing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are going to be some very, very special, unique children in your life. And for some of you, of course, for most of you, I'm not not really referring to your natural children. I'm talking about proofs, evidences that pop up and grow up and display for all to see without you having to say, I'm operating the wisdom of God. You won't even have to say that. They'll see it. It'll be all around you. And it's going to be beautiful. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.